I mean, in many ways, we've talked about, um, I, I've talked to some of the other deans at, at different times about really deanship in, in many universities is all about fundraising. And that really the leadership at a, at a veterinary school should be a combination of a business person and a veterinarian. And if you can find one person who does that, great, but one person who can focus on the money and, and, and has the right personality to focus on the money and another person who can focus on the veterinary school, the curriculum, the students and, and all of those other things. And, and not to say that there isn't an overlap between money and students, but I, I think sometimes there's a distraction when you've got to go out and, and raise 5 million, 10 million, $20 million versus the time that you need to focus on, on what you've done over the past 12 months, which is trying to figure out how to focus on the students so that they can get the education that they need. Welcome to Peter and Phil's Courageous Conversations, a podcast addressing race relations and social issues in hopes that you'll be inspired to do the same. Now, let's begin our conversation with your hosts, Dr. Peter Weinstein and Dr. Philip Nelson. I have an interesting thought question, um, which really is not on the racial side of things, but it's more on the leadership side of things. Um, your description of the dean at the other university, to me, didn't describe a leader. It described a dictator. It described a heavy-handed boss because leadership as I look at it now is more about listening and asking questions and less about a um, in-your-face approach to problem solving. And it sounded like the, uh, the dean at the prior university who was complaining about a faculty member writing too many letters, instead of investigating and listening as to why that faculty member was writing letters, just basically berated them into stop writing letters. So the question that I'm leading into is, is do you feel on average that most deans are strong leaders? Do I feel that most deans are strong leaders? So that's a that's a very thought-provoking question. Uh, before I answer it, and knowing that this might, that some deans may hear this, the answer is definitely going to be yes. But... <laughs> <laughs> Right, we could just stop there and go. Yeah, on. you know, we might as well just stop right there. No, um, first, first of all, let me go back to the to the scenario that that uh, you used to introduce this question and to to say I didn't give you the comp the complete picture. Right. And I thought this 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 thing was a very good leader. Okay. I I also thought this thing had some drawbacks in leadership. And I would not describe that particular behavior as not being leadership because I didn't give you all of the details of the situation. All right. However, I can accept that there may have been a better way to handle it or an alternative way of handling it. And that depends that that depends as much on the leader as it does on the follower. Yes. Right? It may be that that faculty member, that's exactly what that faculty member needed, or 
that's what that faculty member responds to, right? You know, so uh, so so I just want I I just want to deal with that first and to say that your your uh, ideal of leadership is understandable, but it but there are flavors. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I just got I just got done doing a talk um, basically entitled your leadership toolkit. And yeah. you have to have different tools that you use for different issues and different people. And everybody needs a, a little bit different. Some need the whip and some need the, the carrot. Right. So, but but, you, but have, back, you have to you have to figure out which tool to pull out. Right. So back to your question. I wasn't trying to dodge your question. I just want to make That's sure okay. that, that we that that I corrected any um, misconception I may have caused. But back to your question, um, I've learned that most people who, by the time they get to become dean, they are strong leaders in their in their own way. It depends on your definition of leadership. You know, here's what I here's what I've I've learned, I, and and I I feel very fortunate to be a part of that group because I've gotten I've gotten a chance to see uh, leadership in a number of, uh, in 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 a number of um, designs and suits and and presentations, and the first thing I I noticed is the leader that, that is in a particular position is usually the person closest to what that institution needs. And sometimes that leader is very poor at personnel management, but understands how to build a research program. And that's what the institution wants. Or Sometimes a leader is very good at personnel management, but process management, process development sucks. You know, um, uh, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes uh, a leader is is very visionary, but doesn't communicate very well. And so a lot of the problems related to leadership is actually a result of, 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 of the problems of communication. And even though this person has an has a impeccable vision, uh, he or she doesn't know how to uh, convert their constituents to follow, to, to, you know, to follow them. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I can just about say that most of the deans that I've, you know, and, and most deans that I, that I've run into, um, uh, have enough good qualities to overcome whatever their shortcomings might be to, to remain dean for three to five years. You know, that's the average tenure of a dean, you know. You, you, you're, you're muted. I, I know. That's the quote of 2020. Um, 
does that three to five years seem short to have that in a leadership role? It would be really difficult to actually have a vision and get it accomplished in only a three to five year window. Yes, it is. It's difficult, but on the other hand, it's considered a, th a stagnation is a threat that people try to avoid. Many schools reassess their deans at five years. Their inferred contract is for five years. And that five years, if the faculty still wants them, then they can stay for another five years. And 10 years is probably optimum. At that point, you start recycling ideas. At that point, you begin to become more of an autocrat, more of, it, it becomes more of a reign than a than an administrative title. I'm, I'm past my time. It's time. I was going to say, you're like leftovers now. Yeah. 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 Especially fish. I'm smelling. <laughs> and that's a serious statement as much as that's my biggest fear. I mean, you're I, welcome. Yeah. I've already done that. <laughs> <laughs> I did that apparently four or five years ago that you get to the point where you're coasting. You're not being, you're not pushing the boundaries. I mean, I've been at SCVMA for 13 plus. That's a concern I have. You retire on the job without leaving the job. Right. On the other hand, the fact that you have that concern means that you, 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 you're probably fighting it. This two plus two program that I'm working on, I'm hoping that that sets the college up for the next phase of growth. But that doesn't mean I have to be here to do it. No, I, this probably has nothing to do with anything on our podcast at the moment, but in, it may fit into the future. But I mean, in many ways, we've talked about, um, I, I've talked to some of the other deans at, at different times about really deanship in, in many universities is all about fundraising. And that really the leadership at a, at a veterinary school should be a combination of a business person and a veterinarian. And if you can find one person who does that, great, but one person who can focus on the money and, and, and has the right personality to focus on the money and another person who can focus on the veterinary school, the curriculum, the students, and, and all of those other things. And, and not to say that there isn't an overlap between money and students, but I think sometimes there's a distraction when you've got to go out and, and raise $5 million, $10 million, $20 million versus the time that you need to focus on, on what you've done over the past 12 months, which is trying to figure out how to focus on the students so that they can get the education that they need. Part of that has to do with the maturity of the school too. Yeah. Right. I came up through the ranks. My interest was in the curriculum. And I think most, I think all the deans have an interest in the students, but you're right. The job, especially at established schools, especially yeah, the, land grant, the land grant schools, especially. Well, it don't have to be land grant. If you, if, if your school is older than 20 years, then you have 15 classes of alumni out there you at least have five classes that's beginning to be worthy of cultivating for donations. And if you're older than that, you got even more. Right. Right. And it takes time to cultivate alumni. It takes time to cultivate potential donors of any kind. You know, it takes time to, to cultivate grateful clients who want to be a part of your success. It takes the same amount of time to, to deal with that as it does to deal with a student who is struggling with a particular class or who is upset because they're not getting what they thought they were going to get because of COVID. That personal investment 
takes time. And so you don't have time to do anything else if that's what you got to deal with, right? And which one predominates depends on where you are in your system, in your maturation curve. This has probably been the first, first or second year I have not been intimately involved in the curriculum or in student performance because we now have an administrative structure that allows me to truly devote into other things. This year, I probably would have I probably would have spent a lot more of my time in development activities had it not been for the pandemic. But the pandemic forced forced me to go back into the curriculum and guide the college through adaptations to the pandemic. It's just interesting because I think that the COE is still old school. And, and I think that the, the mandate to have a dean at the top isn't forward thinking. And in many ways, there really should be co-leadership at the top that is a business person focusing on budgets and everything else, which is their strong point, and a, and a co-leader that's focusing on the curriculum. But that's just, that's an opinion that I think will help the veterinary schools in the future, that the fact that, that you have, that you mandate a dean to be the head of the veterinary school, I think kind of holds things back a little, just, a, just an opinion. Yeah, I disagree with your opinion. I think that that's what makes an educational institution an educational institution. Somebody who focuses on the scholarly activity of the, uh, that's the mission of a college, whether it's veterinary medicine or anything else. And I don't disagree with your model. I actually think that's how we run it. You know, somebody has to be at the top. I would prefer that person be the person who is the educational advocate because the business advocate can lead a factory. And the difference between a factory and, and a college is we refine human talent. Well, let's be honest, you're a business. Every, every university, every college out there is a business and- I didn't say it wasn't. Right. I so didn't say it wasn't. I, no, I know. If we ran many of the veterinary schools like businesses, and, and let's be honest, these, these Southeastern Conference Big Ten schools, those are big business when yes. it comes down to it. Absolutely. It, it would be interesting to see how it, it, it played out from, from that standpoint. It just, it's another, uh, another way of, of uh, rattling cages with you. <laughs> I'm just surprised that you went there. I'm trying to figure out where did I go wrong? I, because we do have, I, I do it's, have a business. It's not you. It's just what I see at the other universities where the deans are so distanced from the students because there's of, of the majority of vet schools that I am aware of, you are the one who walks in the halls with the vet students and they know you. Most of the other deans are in the ivory tower and are too busy trying to get the budget under control. Because it's a business. Exactly. So that's why I think that somebody, if... Um, your development person, right? Mm -hmm. If Tim were dean and development person, his effectiveness wouldn't be quite as good. That's right. And the fact that you've got Tim doing the development side allows you to be more focused on your students. Yeah. Many deans are the same person, Tim and Phil at the same time. Thank you for joining us for another Courageous Conversation. Be sure to follow us and check back next week for more.